That's right, welcome along to Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now, and it's great to have your company here on this Wednesday night as we continue to build towards this weekend's semi-finals. I think the Argentina team is due tonight, around 10pm New Zealand time, the All Blacks team to be named 5am tomorrow, England and South Africa, they'll follow suit on Friday morning, but as you'll hear shortly... Old Rassi Erasmus already thinks he knows the England side that is going to be named. He was up to his usual tricks in the press conference today. That is a good listen. So a big show again tonight as we look to bring you up to speed over the next hour. I'm always keen to hear your thoughts as well, so fire them through to double eight double three. Are you predicting any changes to the All Blacks team name tomorrow? Are you of the opinion Leicester keeps his spot? Or does Talia get his name back in the mix? Do the All Blacks coaches look to load men? or keep momentum going and do you still think it's going to be a Springboks All Blacks final or do you think the Pumas or England could pull off an upset lots of potential talking points there so don't be shy to text in your thoughts as we work our way through to 7pm on today's show, plenty of news to get through, and then we'll have an interesting interview for you. I managed to catch up with ex-Irish international and now sports broadcaster Alan Quinlan earlier today. He was actually in the commentary seat for that All Blacks vs Ireland game on the weekend, so he arguably had the best view in the house to witness everything that went down. It was good to pick his game on the sorry, it was good to pick his brain on the opinion of the game as a whole, the Irish performance, his feelings post-game, as well as those of the Irish public, and also get his thoughts on the other quarterfinals and his semi-final predictions. Thought it was a really good chat. Alan, he's a really easy listen and he's educated as well. So be sure to stick around for that one coming up around 6.20. But let's kick things off by ripping into the news and Fiji head coach Simon Raiwailui, unfortunately, he's revealed plans to step down at the end of this year following his side's exit from the Rugby World Cup. The 49-year-old, he guided this team to their first quarterfinal in the last 16 years before just falling short against England. He has said he has no intention of extending his contract with Fiji and he took to Twitter to say, I will not be seeking an extension of employment with Fiji and rugby past the 31st of December. Thanks again to the players, staff and all supporters. It has been quite a ride. That's a bit of an understatement for me. I think this is going to be a massive loss for Fiji and rugby. I thought Simon had done an outstanding job as head coach, not only getting the best out of the players on the field, but I feel like he really connected them back to their roots off the field as well. Going to be interesting to see who takes over from here. I know Glenn Jackson, he was currently an assistant with the side. Maybe Mick Byrne, the Fijian drawer coach, he spoke very passionately about his love for the national side as well. Or maybe a Fijian-born coach. It'll be interesting to see who they appoint because you'd think this would be a pretty highly sought-after role after their success so far this year. Sticking to the topic of retirements, an Irish outside back Keith Earls, he has confirmed his retirement from the game following Ireland's early exit from the Rugby World Cup. The 36-year-old, he draws close a 16-year career that saw him win 101 test caps and also play a starring role for Munster at club level. A great player who's been huge for Irish rugby, but with the outside back stocks they have at the moment, it's fair to say he leaves the jersey in good hands. And I also noticed today, speaking of Munster at 
club level. I saw Alex Nankerville, of course, ex-Tasman Marco and Chiefs player, rock up and unveil himself in the kit for the first time today. Could he be the next New Zealand-born player to wear the Irish green as I see Brad <laughs> grab his headphones? He'll be, what do you think? He'll be playing at the next World Cup in Australia. That's the whole reason Alex Nankerville's gone over there and arguably, Surly, the best provincial player in New Zealand to have not played for the All Blacks. You know, if you look at how consistent that bloke is over a long period of time, just we have stacked midfields, man. Like, there's some great players not at this World Cup that could have been there, like a Jack Goodhue, for instance. Uh, so, yeah, Alex Nankerville, a fantastic rugby player. Make no bones about it, him and Gary Ringrose could very well be the centre pairing for the, for the Irish at the next World Cup. And I think Ireland's going to be a threat again. A lot of that team's very young. Uh, they're losing three or four players, I think, probably mm. by then. But that front row is still going to be there. That back row is still going to be there. So, yeah, they're going to be a very good side. That's no, a good good point you raised there. And Alan Quinlan actually spoke about the potential for Ireland. But when you look at the comparisons as well with James Lowe, geez, do they stack up. Tasman, Chiefs, maybe the one that got away. Got a handy-kicking game, a smart footballer. I'll be keen to hear your guys' opinions as well. Double eight, double three on if you see Nankerville anchoring that Irish midfield in years to come. I mentioned before South African boss Rassi Erasmus, he fronted media today as he does every week to share his thoughts and he's always a great listen because to be fair he says some pretty outrageous things but the way he says them is incredibly smart and he's got a great rugby brain and he certainly lived up to those expectations today when asked around the team he expects England to name he went through 1 to 23 and named his squad, his English squad to take on the Springboks this weekend. Here's Rassi. I'd be very interested to know what that England team is you've got written down on, on your sheet. Ooh, Easter team. Yeah. Yeah, well, now we're guessing, obviously. Um, I don't know, we took, took the basic guys, you know, Gaines, uh, George, uh, Sinclair, Dojay, Chisholm, Laws, Curry, Earl, Mitchell, Farrell, Daly, Dulagi, Marchant, May, uh, Marcus Smith, or Stewart, then uh, Mahler, Cole, uh, uh, George, uh, Bully, Ben Young, so Danny, George Ford and Ollie. That's who we think. But we might be totally wrong. And it was interesting to note Warren Gatland actually jumped online straight after that and warned the English of falling into the trap of playing Russie's mind games because this is right out of his textbook. It's fair to say though, what he predicted one change to the English 23 there, so he could well be spot on. The next question that was put to Rassi was interesting. It was by English media and it was on the idea that perhaps South Africa have been using HIA checks to give players rest during games. Here's the question and Rassi's answer. I was wondering, do you think it would be a possible and or legitimate tactic for a coaching team to exploit the HIA system to ensure that exhausted forwards got more rest during matches? No, I think that we don't clear on. You would never consider using such a tactic? No, no, we wouldn't. So a very straight bat there from Rassia. It certainly raised eyebrows throughout the game because it did look like something like that could be going on, but you have to take the man for his word. And again, he's an incredibly smart football brain, so I'm keen to see what antics he has ahead this weekend. Then jumping back to Ireland, and it looks like their players appear to still be in good spirits following that quarterfinal loss. A video has been posted online showing the players poking some fun at the retiring number 10, Johnny Sexton, on his flight back home. Here's the audio from that clip. Woo! 
congratulate him personally. He'd absolutely love that. Big Come up, give him a pat on the back, a hug, and a kiss. He loves that. He'd be only over to take photos, answer questions, anything you want. Johnny, just delighted to meet everyone. So, yeah, all this way today for everyone. So, please take your time. Walk, tell him. He's just so ecstatic about it all. And because he's retired, he has the time for the work. So some good chat there from the Irish lads. They certainly appear to be in much better spirits than they were after the full-time whistle, and fair enough too. We've had a text through. Interesting point, Nankaville there. Was, uh, interesting points early with Nankaville there. Forgot he had signed to Munster. I think he will eventually wear the Irish green for sure. Yep, that could be a name that comes back to hurt New Zealand rugby in the years to come. Alex Nankaville, an incredibly good footballer. Right, time now for your Breakout Performer, brought to you by Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat and proudly supporting Rugby Union. And today's highlighted player is Emiliano Boffelli, the Argentinian winger. He was the player of the match against Wales, scored 16 of their 29 points. He's a dead-eye goal kicker. He's a handy finisher on the wing. He's totaled 51 points throughout this World Cup. He's probably their main attacking weapon and what at times can be an exciting Argentinian backline. He loves to get involved, has a high work rate and if your discipline is slightly off he will make you pay with three points. Here's a highlight from his try earlier in the World Cup. This is a messy scrum in the end it is at the back for Argentina, they have advantage as well. Now a little set move from them and it's brilliant as well because Buffelli is going to go in on the right corner Oh that is perhaps a play drawn up from David Kidwell because it was NRL-esque his players wrapped around and offloads came. And Emiliano Buffelli, the number 14, extends the lead for Argentina. So there is your breakout performer for today, Emiliano Buffelli. He really is a handful of a player. He's a solid wing option. And like I mentioned before, a great goal kicker. He's right up there with Ramos, in my opinion, with the sharpest shooters in the game. So someone to keep an eye out for for Argentina. He's also quite a passionate leader for this side. He likes to rack the boys up. So if he is on, then the Argentinian side is on and he could prove to be a big threat for the All Blacks. Time now for an ad break. When we come back we will get into that chat I recorded earlier today with Alan Quinlan, ex-Irish international and now sports broadcaster out of Ireland. now is former Irish international, now sports broadcaster, Alan Quinlan. Alan, cheers for your time, mate. What a game we witnessed on the weekend between the All Blacks and Ireland. Now the dust has settled a little and you've had a few days to process it and kind of reflect. What are your general thoughts on how it all played out? 
Oh, I'm just very disappointed, Ben, from an Irish point of view. That um, I'm sure your New Zealand listeners will forgive me for saying that. Um, but what a game it was! It was an incredible game. Um, I don't think um, I don't think in any way Ireland would have underestimated um, what was coming from New Zealand. We all knew that it was going to be, you know, a, a feisty, um, aggressive determined efforts to try and, you know, obviously win a big quarter final at the World Cup, but also right the wrongs of maybe that series lost the, the previous summer. Um, they certainly had a lot of motivation to do that. Um, you know, the New Zealand players spoke about how they've improved and how they believe they've got better from that series. Um, so it wasn't any surprise to me or to any, you know, the vast majority of people in, I- in Ireland that um, this was going to be a really difficult game. Um, I was incredibly nervous going into it in the sense that we've never gone beyond the quarterfinal and you know that's a pressurised situation it's probably been the best Irish team we've ever had at the World Cup mm. uh, but unfortunately we've come up short again and um, but you know you can't you can't take anything away from, from the All Blacks performance they were outstanding and uh, I couldn't help but feel that um, Joe Schmidt had a big part in uh in, in their improvements and, and obviously I you know a great time for Ian Foster I think I, I really felt um, I felt a lot of sympathy for him last year he was under a lot of pressure mm. it's a big job being an All Blacks coach and uh, but I think Joe has definitely helped um, he's obviously helped their breakdown I think and uh, you know the attack of the back line and stuff and um, I'm sure Jason Ryan has made a big difference as well so there was issues that they had um, the previous probably 12, 14 months and um, they got it right on Saturday night um, and I think it's a really big mark of respect to the Irish team um, the performance they had to put in to, to beat Ireland um, and, and you know so look it's heartbreak for Ireland but we're under no illusions uh, you know New Zealand in a World Cup was always going to be a a massive challenge. It was a unique situation with Ireland being favourites, but um, it was always going to be a tight game and I thought New Zealand were magnificent. They played really well. They managed the game and tempo and, and they, they hit Ireland with sucker punches so they can be really pleased and they, they've got that bit of mojo back and uh, it wasn't a surprise. It was more of a disappointment to me. You mentioned before the nerves pre-game. 37 phases to finish that game. I couldn't sit still. I was pacing around the lounge from the moment Aaron Smith kicked that ball. You were at the game, so I can imagine the tension in the stadium was pretty unreal. But how were your emotions in that last kind of five minutes? Well, I was on commentary, so I have to try and be balanced and, yeah. um, and uh, you know, keep your emotions in check because, you know, I had to probably... Uh, two million people listening to me and my commentary back home in Ireland and um, so yeah look I felt it was probably going to have to be a mistake from 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 a New Zealand player rather than Ireland cutting them open there because you know both sets of players were, were out on their feet and um, Ireland were going over and back a little bit but not really um, going through the All Blacks and yeah, I was nervous. Obviously, hoping that something that could produce something. But when you ha- when you're four points up, and the opposition have to score a try, um, you find a little bit of resolve, don't you? And, and that's why it was, you know, it, New Zealand made it so different, difficult for Ireland. They made it so difficult throughout the whole game with their 
aggressive defence with their breakdown pressure, with their pressure at the line-out and the scrum. So they got it right. They found the energy and the intensity that was needed to get a performance. Um, and, and I think if you ask any of the, the, the All Blacks players or management, I think they, they respected Ireland and they showed them respect by staying on it, uh, by not dropping their standards in any way. And of course, Ireland came back into the game a number of times, but that kind of summed up the whole night, really, and and it, it's a sweet one. If you're a um, if you're a defender like that, and you're you're working your socks off to win a game for your country, a uh, very proud country who've won World Cups before and who are fav- one of the favourites to win it this time, and under pressure, as I said, coming into the tournament and losing the opening game, so this was their do or die match, and um, they got it right and they got back on track, and and that was summed up brilliantly at the. The way they defended at the end, they were they were outstanding. I can't say enough about, you know, New Zealand, how good they were, um, and how strong and physical and tenacious they were throughout the whole game. And, and I love to see that in sport. I was very proud of Ireland because this is a very good Irish side, um, but New Zealand were the better team on the night. Um, they 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 hit the hammer blows, um, and 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 that cost Ireland dearly. And um, they deserve to go through. They were absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and I have to say and reiterate that as well, that the sentiment amongst New Zealand fans is certainly that Ireland were an amazing side, so the respect is clearly mutual. Sam Kane and Adi Savia, they were exceptional all night and probably got the better of that impressive Irish loose forward trio at ruck time. Where else do you think Ireland really struggled to get ascendancy in that game where heading in, they might have thought they had the wood on the All Blacks? Yeah, I think, you know, I obviously analysing the game beforehand and trying to find strengths and weaknesses. Um, the All Blacks had problems around their, you know, defending Ireland malls in that second and third test. Probably issues at the breakdown where Ireland turned up, turned them over in crucial crucial areas, crucial moments. Um, so obviously if you have kind of issues that you can look at and see that you struggle in a game, you try and fix them and get better. And I think they've done that in their line-out defence. Um, their line-out pre- pressure was really good. They stole two clean line-outs. I think they met Ireland mess up another two. So effectively, it's four line-outs that they, they, um, they turned over for Ireland. Um, the one just before, you know, probably in the mid-30s, uh, after about 30, 35 minutes, um, where... Uh, Brody Retallick puts pressure on Caelan Doris in the middle of the line-out. It, it's one on the Ireland side, but right over the back. It's, uh, New Zealand gathered it up, tidied it up, and then Will Jordan comes up with a brilliant 50-22 into the corner. New Zealand get the line-out, and you know, a minute later, Ardy Savea is running in the corner. So, they're crucial moments. That was a big line-out that Ireland lost, and that, that pressure came from Retallick, and, and it resulted in a try in the corner for, for Ardy Savea. So, I think... Um, you know, they're the areas they got better and they got they got that pressure. You mentioned the back row. You know, Ireland's back row has been very consistent, really good for two years. But, you know, sometimes you, you can have off nights a little bit and the opposition can get the better of you. And I think Ardi Sevilla showed um, the world again and reminded the world again how good he is as a player, how many important involvements he, he has throughout matches. He was outstanding. But Sam Kane was brilliant as well. You know, he was amazing. He had that bit of a verbal kind of exchange with O'Mahony, Peter O'Mahony last year. I think he, deep down, he had this little bit of resolve and determination to 
to get one over Ireland again. And I thought he was, you know, he led from the front as a captain and it was his best performance I'd seen in a long time. I think by his own admission, he probably hasn't had that consistency and that level of, you know, getting to in the 20s with the tackles, getting lots of carries, coming up with big moments and big turnovers. He had them the other night and he showed everyone again that how much of a quality player he is. And uh, again, he was someone I, I felt sorry for last year. And, and, you know, I didn't just follow Ireland through the New Zealand series when I was there commentating. I followed him through the rugby championship last summer as well in 2022. And, and this year they were obviously better and won the championship. But, you know, he's had some tough days re- in recently and um, given his high standard and, and the All Blacks high standards um, over the last number of years. Um, so, for him, it was a special night as well to be captain of a team and, and getting themselves into a semi-final. So probably a scrum, line-out, breakdown and, and the back row. Um, there's there's a lot of positives and, and a lot of areas of the game where New Zealand just had that edge. Um, in saying all that, and I'm sure um, everybody in New Zealand should be appreciating Jordy Barrett, not just as a wonderful player and, and he's general player around the field, but you know, he stopped Ronan Keller from scoring what looked like a certain try. And that would have been the first time Ireland went ahead in the game. And I think if Ireland got ahead in that game, it could have been a different story. So it was a real game-changing moment and an incredible moment from from uh, from Jordy Barris. A uh, really important moment. But you need moments like that to win big games. We saw in the game on Sunday night between France and, and South Africa as well. Small moments. Um you know, those four teams, France, South Africa, New Zealand and Ireland. You know, if you play those two games again this weekend, you may have different results. And that's the beauty of sport, getting it right on the night. And New Zealand are, are uh, a World Cup winning side, obviously, uh, uh, um, before on three occasions. But also, they know how to win big games when it's required. So there you have part one of our chat with Alan Quinlan, of course, ex-Irish international, now sports broadcaster, and he was in the commentary team in that game for the All Blacks vs Ireland. After the news, we'll have part two of that chat here on SENZ, but now it's time to hear from Johnny Mack. Phases and counting. Here's Kalahar. Strong shoulders on him. Over the top, Sam Whitelock. Over the top, Sam Whitelock. Sam Whitelock, you are magnificent. Sam Whitelock has forced a penalty and the game will be over. Sam Whitelock's career will go on and the Irish will crash out of Rugby World Cup 2023. Always, always bet on black. Yeah, love that piece of commentary there from Daniel McCarty. And welcome back to Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ. Brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. And if you're just joining us, I caught up with ex-Munster and Irish international Alan Quinlan earlier today to talk about that All Blacks Island game and the other big talking points to come out of the weekend's action. We've just played part one of the chat pre the news break, but here's part two where we speak around his hopes for the Irish side moving forward, the other quarterfinal games and also this weekend's semi-final matchups. S-E-N-Z. 
Great points there. One of them I wanted to kind of dive into a little more. You mentioned Sam Kane. He'd kind of been copping it a bit in the past. There'd been a lot of talk and build-up throughout this game. I mentioned Adi Savera as well post-game, talking about how the All Blacks have kind of kept receipts from that series and what was said post it last year. Do you kind of see a real rivalry forming now between these two sides? Because in my eyes, with the Wallabies struggling, looks like South Africa and Ireland now sit as the All Blacks' biggest rivals. Is that how you see it too? Um, I don't know. Uh, I think obviously it was from an Irish point of view it was an historic situation winning not just a, a test match in New Zealand but winning a series and look stuff gets set on the field and you, you play each other if you play teams pretty regularly there's always going to be a bit of pushing and shoving a little bit of niggle um, and things are going to be said in the heat of the moment but you know the great thing about rugby is you you obviously, if you if you go and meet the same opposition again in the future, you try and get one over them, and and that's that's the nature of it. Um, this Irish team, there's a number of players. Obviously, Johnny Sexton has gone, Keith Earls has gone. You know, there's a number of the Irish players who who um, obviously I don't know if they'll be. They certainly won't be around for the next World Cup, but how long more they'll play for Ireland, who knows? Um, there's a number of All Blacks as well that are finishing up as well. So after this tournament, so. Um, yeah, look, we'd love from an Irish point of view if we're if we're kind of dining at the top table and being really consistent and and um, but Ireland's got to try and rebuild and um, get new players in and the, the next World Cup cycle starts again. Um, I will I will say and I have to say this and it's not um, it's not uh, it's not making any sort of an excuse from where Ireland have been the last eighteen months has been phenomenal for a country that. You know, we have a very small country, obviously similar population size to New Zealand, but rugby is probably third or fourth choice sport here and we probably have 120 professional rugby players. Yeah, well. um, GAA and um, hurling, Gaelic football and, and hurling are number one sports. Then you have soccer. and So the participation levels are, are, aren't huge. And, you know, when you consider you have 120 professional players, and then you have obviously the academies in, in the four provinces. It's a very small playing pool. So it's an incredible achievement to be punching at that level. And, and we genuinely, and I think we're gone out of the tournament now, um, and rightly so from what happened the other night. But Ireland were a genuine contender here. And as I said, you know, small margins, they could have been looking at uh, maybe getting into a final. And it would have been crazy for for that situation, but they were good. And and Andy Farrell has done a great job. So um, we'd love to be able to stay consistent and get some new young players coming through the team, and and you know be at that level um, of of competing with you know the the top nations, which are New Zealand, South Africa, and consistently have been right up there. You know uh, that would be really special for Ireland going forward, and. Uh, you know, any time I've been in New Zealand, it's there's rugby everywhere. It's it's a religion there. I love the country. I have so many friends in New Zealand, and I love the feeling you get, and how important rugby is there. So it's it's a way of life, and and that's really important. And Ireland have got to learn from this and try and um, you know take some harsh lessons. But it was brilliant to be there and to be at that level. I think um, I'm sure people in New Zealand will probably. Uh, understand when I say this, Irish teams of old would have probably wilted um, under that intense pressure that New Zealand put Ireland under the other night. The start of the game, 13-0, you know, um, to come back twice in the game and bring it back to winning the point, I think it, it, it 
probably pretty, pretty nervous for people watching back home in New Zealand. So it was an incredible match and credit to all the players. And, and I like, genuinely, I mean this, I think I was, you know, afterwards when you reflect, you're disappointed. But I was really pleased for Sam Kane because, you know, as I said, he's come under a lot of pressure and I love, I love to see people digging in, fighting back and, um, you know, answering critics. Um, Ian Foster has trusted him. He's led the team through tough times, through great times and also through tough times. And uh, now they find themselves in the semi-final. They've got to do it again, back it up this week. And, and you know, because it's a different type of pressure, different type of situation this week. There's an expectation that they, they beat Argentina and uh, it's a much more dominant situation for them. But that can be dangerous as well. So, um, but it's there for them. And I wouldn't back against them going on and winning it now. Well, we're certainly hoping so, so fingers crossed. I just wanted to quickly get your thoughts on some of the other quarterfinals because I thought all four were a great watch, but that France versus South Africa game kind of surprised me in the terms of how much South Africa were willing to play, especially in that first 40 minutes. What did you make of that clash? was probably one that was one for the ages, and alongside that New Zealand-Ireland game, two of the best quarterfinals we've ever seen, right? Yeah, they were amazing, Ben. Um, it was it was just incredible. Um, I think that, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of disappointments uh, amongst the Irish fans, but um, that went to a different level on Sunday night uh, with, with, with the French fans and throughout all of France. I think it's seen as probably a national disaster because, you know, being the home nation, being so, um, being favourites for this tournament, um, I think they were heartbroken. But it just goes to show, you know, South Africa and what Rassi Erasmus has done with them. Um, has been amazing to get them right again for a World Cup, to have the the courage to make changes in games so much, uh, to do things differently, think outside the box. And I think, um, you know, tactically, they got it right. They, they profited from, uh, you know, uh, high balls in the air. They got two tries from that. Um, another rubber through for Cheslin Colby. They got the bounce of the ball and they, you know, they worked their socks off and they're a very physical side as as, as you and New Zealand know um, it was an amazing match I think it, you know that first half was probably as good a match as we'll ever see the quality um, and the intensity of that game so it was uh, yeah heartbreaking for France um, but South Africa you've got to give them credit they just know how to win these games and they have that resilience and I think I said it about New Zealand Ireland you know that experience that's that ability to dig deep and and find that resolve to you know to to problem solve and and take punches and and return them and that's what South Africa did on Sunday night and and it shows that you know they're they're going to have a big say in in in, in um, you know in trying to retain the trophy as well. It was amazing. Um, obviously, if you look at the other games, you know Wales Argentina was very tight game, exciting game as well. Argentina. You know, you certainly could not underestimate them. And again, you know, people in New Zealand remember them having some success against the All Blacks in recent years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, they're not a team you can underestimate. They've been inconsistent and probably not hit the levels that we've expected in this tournament yet, um, which makes them dangerous. And uh, But I expect the All Blacks to win that game. And, and obviously England came in with a lot of criticism and negativity around the team, some poor warm-up games. And probably a poor brand of rugby where they're kicking a lot. But, you know, cup rugby is different. And 
physically they're a big side, so I think they'll fancy their chances of being physical with South Africa and maybe maybe hoping for a shock there. Yeah, well, speaking of that, it sounds like you've got New Zealand to be too strong for Argentina. But how do you play that? How do you see that other semi final, sorry, playing out? It seems like a lot of people here are saying it's going to be the All Blacks versus the Springboks. But for me, the English kind of have nothing to lose. So they'll be throwing everything at it. Is that how you see it, too? Yeah, the one the one chance they have been is they're, they're a big side. So they're not, um, I think, physically, they can, you know, probably uh, get amongst South Africa. Um, I'm not sure where they're going to cut them open and score tries. I think you want to try and get the ball in Manitoulangi's hands as much as you can and and hope that um, they can create something. Um, their creativity has been really poor given the quality of players and the style of play they've had. Uh, but it's just, it's really difficult to, to look anywhere beyond South Africa. I think they can vary their game, that power game with you know, getting the ball wide to, to Colby and Aronsa, who've been unbelievably dangerous, and, and Willemsa, they've a really dangerous back three. And obviously their kicking game really worked from the other night against France. So um, who knows? They'll feel they have a chance. And I think where they have a chance is that they they can probably physically stand up to the Springboks. And if they do that, who knows? You know, um we saw what they did against Argentina at the start with all the drop goals and, and um, you know, they may get a couple of penalties and frustrate South Africa, but I expect it to be um, an all-black Springboks final and uh, that'll be certainly uh, I, um, one to look forward to two incredible teams in the final, but you can't take your, you know, you can't take anything for granted and I think um, Ian Foster and, and Rassi Erasmus We'll certainly know that going into this weekend because I think it's a free shot for Argentina and England. 100%. Well, thanks again for your time, Alan. Really appreciate you joining the show to add an Irish perspective. And I've got to say, as a New Zealand fan, I've really enjoyed watching this Irish side, particularly over the last two years. I think you've played an exciting brand of rugby. So hopefully, like you said, this team can bounce back in a major way and continue to play some great form. I'm sure it's just the first of many more historic clashes between these two proud rugby nations. My pleasure, Ben. Thanks. So there you have it, our chat with Alan Quinlan, ex-Irish and Munster football player. A great yarn, and it was cool to get an insight into the Irish kind of mindset and feelings post that game. Very complimentary of the All Blacks' performance, and he really rates our chances in advancing through to the final and taking on the Springboks. Right, time now for an ad break. When we come back out of that, we'll have some clips of Tana Umanga speaking on NZR+, Plus, as well as your schedule brought to you by Kubota as we build up to the semi-final games this weekend here on SENZ. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Right, I've got a couple clips for you now to play from All Black legend and new Moana Pacifica coach Tana Umanga, who spoke to NZR Plus following that win over Ireland. So here's the great man Tana sharing a couple of his thoughts on the game. I don't think even the public at home gave this... um uh, Ian Foster-led 
team any hope of making it past this stage. Um, and, you know, a lot of things have happened back home and I, I feel for, well, there's a lot of us that felt for Ian Foster and the way that him, um, obviously not coming back next year. Um, being yeah, he told, already knows he's, he already going, knows yeah. he's not got Kill it, it man, which is, yeah. you know, for some, uh, I think is a, is a step that we really haven't taken back home. It's not something that we normally do. Mm. Um, so now he's got to this stage you see everyone's trying to clamber back onto uh, the, the bandwagon that is, oh, yeah, we always knew Fozzie would get us there. <laughs> and, you know, obviously he's got a lot of good people around him. But I, I just um, – I think I just had a thought around for him, you know, what he's been through because yeah. we're very uh, – obviously we love our, our national team as, as do, does everyone. And, the, you know, they like to have a say about it. And sometimes it's not um, – you know, the kindest words that they use for, for our coaches. And I, he, he went through a lot. And, I, you know, I, I really feel for uh, for him and, and his family that went through that. But now, you know, I, I think he's kind of sitting on the other side and, you know, the, the vision he probably had for his team. And the players obviously getting up for him. Um, they even came out and said that, you know, we're supporting our coach and, you know, before the World Cup. And now, you know, you saw that performance. You know, if they didn't support him, they wouldn't have played the way they played. There's a lot of motivation for that game, obviously, yeah. you know, and um, yeah, even being counted out so early in the in the competition, um, given no chance to progress, um, you know, there was a lot to play for, and I think, you know, once you know their backs against the wall, it was great to show that they had the the, the medal to come out swinging, and um, you know, it'd be interesting. I and you know, I think you can't discount the the Joe Schmidt factor that he's brought to yes. the, you know, the team. Yeah. And, you know, I know Joe's been very, you know, in previous um, games, he's, you know, he didn't want to get involved when uh, with when Ireland were touring New Zealand, so he made sure he came in afterwards. Just and, But, you know, this is the first time he's probably been a part of the team when, when they actually play Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you could see some... I think you can see, you know, his influence on the, on the team as well. You know, yeah. the change of tactics midweek. You know, I think their defensive screen was was awesome, but it was different to what they've done before. You know, so they're definitely. They've been know, watching. He is a yeah, master of oh, the game, isn't he? Yeah, you know, I don't think anyone watches more rugby than him. Than him. So some interesting points there from Tana Umanga from NZR Plus. Interesting as well to hear just kind of that human aspect from a fellow coach's perspective, of course. We're often so quick to judge teams. We purely just base people off the back of results. But you do need to remember Ian Foster is a human as well and it was great to see him get that win. You could tell post-game in that press conference no one was more happy than him. Right, time now to look ahead at our Rugby World Cup schedule for this weekend's games, all live here on SENZ. Of course, Saturday morning, Argentina against New Zealand, 8am kickoff. Build up for that game will be from 7pm. Then on Sunday morning, you've got England against South Africa, an 8am kickoff for that one as well. And again, build up will be live here from 7. Thanks for joining us tonight for Rugby World Cup today. We'll be back here tomorrow, 6 till 7pm, to dissect the team's name for both Argentina. Argentina and the All Blacks. So I'll catch you here on SENZ.